You're listening to The Wise Woman Podcast, Season 3, Episode 98. I'm your host, Alicia Wilfert, founder of Yoke and Abundance, leadership coaching for entrepreneurs, creatives, and seekers. This podcast is designed to inspire by introducing you to creatives living abundantly. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with Amy Benosi about staying the course and embracing the journey. Wow, y'all, I cannot believe it. It is like slightly unreal to know that this is episode 98. We are only two episodes away from 100, and I am celebrating every episode leading up to 100, and I am bringing you along for that journey. I am so proud of the body of work this podcast represents, and I'm even more excited to know that each episode represents the wisdom of many bright, beautiful women who are doing big work in this world. And it is such an honor to get to share these interviews with every single one of you listening. So thank you so much for coming along for this journey. If this podcast inspires you, enlightens you, lights you up, please Send an episode to a friend and let them know why they should be listening to this episode. It would mean the world. Now, on the podcast today, I am sharing my conversation with another bright, beautiful woman, Amy Benosi. We have even gotten to know each other better since we recorded this interview a couple months back. And I can tell you she is a wise one for sure. Amy doesn't just view life as a glass half full. She sees it as overflowing with abundance. Amy worked hard to cultivate a happiness mindset, rejecting toxic work environments of her past and choosing instead to seek out business opportunities that allowed her to support and uplift others. Emotional intelligence informs Amy's work as a best-selling author and successful entrepreneur. She is proof that our thoughts and feelings create our beliefs, our beliefs create our actions, and our actions lead to outcomes. This happiness guru is a one-woman mission to help others ignite their passion, cultivate a happiness mindset, and lead with abundance, which you know I love. (laughs) So I'm excited for you to hear from her after a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Yay Brand. Yay Brand's mission is to help people on a deep path of personal growth, to ground themselves in intention on a daily basis so that they can move past their fears and live a life of joy. Yay Brand does this through apparel, journals, and houseware with intentional affirmations like coffee mugs that remind us, I am enough or I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Check out their website at yaybrand.com and sign up for the Q&A with May. Use the discount code YAYWISEWOMAN15 for 15% off your entire purchase. Amy Benosi, thank you so much for being on the Yoke and Abundance Wise Women podcast. It is a joy to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I am just thrilled to be here and I'm so excited to chat with you today. Likewise, you and I met because one of my friends and raw members, Liz Summers, invited you to, I think, one of our book clubs, one of the first 
book clubs and you just jumped right in. I think you came to a, I'm going to say room in air quotes. Um, it was a zoom room of strangers and you just jumped right in with us. And I'm so grateful that you and I have gotten a chance to, to know one another a little bit, but I'm wondering if you can tell the Yoke and Abundance listeners who you are and what keeps you busy in this world. Yeah, what keeps me busy? That's a big question, right? <laughs> um, I And yes, thank you to Liz forever. I love the power of connections and how one thing can lead to another. And I think you and I have been introduced long ago, just through email, and then we didn't connect. And then this book club came up and I thought, this is absolutely where I need to be. And the funny thing about that, before I get to who I am, just real quick, is I came to that thinking, just I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to be a participant and kind of hear what people say. And you created this space, this virtual space, which is amazing to me because it wasn't even in person, that I got there and felt, I mean, it gives me goosebumps. I got there and felt like, I, these are my people. I'm, I'm here to, to provide something. And so that was because of the space that you created that I was able to jump in. So thank you for that. So a bit about me. So I am a mom of three. I have three boys. So they definitely keep me busy. <laughs> and um, I live outside of the Washington, D.C. area in Northern Virginia. Pretty much been here my whole life between just outside of a couple years in Greensboro and in college. and. Um, I have a huge passion for helping women realize their dreams and enjoy the journey and how they get there. Mm. So really finding that happiness and the joy in every day, whether that is making mistakes, what we might call failing, having great days, taking a total zigzag other path. Whatever it is, helping them to find joy in those moments. Um, And that really comes from having a past history of a lot of very toxic work environments where the focus was just on the end point. You know, it was just on making the sale, closing the deal, whatever that looked like in that particular business. And I found myself really just hating me every day, hating the journey. And, you know, through that process, started my own business. So I definitely stay busy with business. Um, I am a leader with a direct selling company uh, in the skincare business. And I also, outside of that, uh, so I've been doing that for eight and a half years. And then for the past three and a half years, I just really felt called to help women even outside of that company. So I found that I I love the leadership position that I get to have. I have a team of about 500 incredible, mostly women. Uh, We have a few good men (laughs) in there, but I get to lead and guide them on an everyday basis toward whatever greatness looks like for them. And I just felt called to do that to a, a larger audience. And so, um, you know, started bringing my work to workshops and conferences um, and presenting there to just be able to help people outside as well and help a larger 
group of women. I I think that that's one of you know you and I have chatted a few times now, and I think that that's one of my favorite things in talking about talking with you is your passion for working with women and to make sure that women are realizing their dreams because that's a common thing that you and I share. And yeah, it's, it's important, right? It's, we're not talking about that enough. Yeah. And a a big piece of my story that it took me quite a while to, to share and realize was a big piece is that through a lot of that stress and what I will call not enjoying the journey, Um, But really just trudging through it and working hard, you know, just work, work, work. I, you know, I I stopped doing things that I enjoyed and being around people I enjoyed. And it it was very, uh, it it didn't really fit me. It didn't suit me. But during that time, I found myself facing chronic pain, chronic fatigue, um, you know, a lot of things that as I talked to more and more women, I realized is so prevalent and so common. And so, you know, one of the things that I also love to guide and to help women with is really having that that balance, right? I, I We need to find a new word for that because there's never a balance. It's a juggle. <laughs> but it's still just enjoying that, that juggle, right? And recognizing that there's going to be seasons in your life when it's more work and there's going to be seasons in your life when it's more family. But it can all work together as long as you are in alignment with what you're doing and taking control of your life rather than other people taking control of it. So that's been a huge piece of my journey that I know we talked about also as far as finding yoga and finding meditation. And now I know that I struggle with that pain and fatigue. And that's been part of my journey. I know that was placed on me so that not only could I heal myself, but I could help other women who are struggling in that area. Mm, Yeah. And you know, something that you said when you were talking about past work environments and the toxic past work environments and and the focusing on like the, just the getting the sale and getting the next sale. Um, I also worked for a decade in, in sales and the finance and I had a boss that, (laughs) would say he he would say it in that he was quoting his swim coach but he would say if you're talking about what you did yesterday you haven't done anything for me today and um that was the culture right yeah um and it so it didn't matter how many times in the past you'd been top in sales it didn't matter It it was very apparent that the messaging was that your past work doesn't necessarily speak for you. Only what you're doing now speaks for you. And I think that, and and this is someone I dearly loved too, right? So that's complicated in that you don't necessarily like the message (laughs) coming through to you. Um, But I think that what's interesting is that there is a different way. In the work that you do in sales, you're offering a different path. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and how you have, you know, knowing that you came from a toxic work culture, how do Mm -hmm. you, how do you shine the light for women on a different path? Oh, 
gosh, I love this. And it's really when I think about it, I think, you know, well, <laughs> my mind changes every day or not my mind, but the, the messages I'm, I'm hearing and feeling of, of what my road looks like. But more and more, this topic of sales comes up. And I think that that is, is a purpose of mine uh, to help people specifically in the industry, specifically women, because it's, it's a challenge. I think it, we are more emotional creatures. We know that sales is not traditionally set out to be an emotional business, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at the history of sales, or if you look at sales, you know, even up to probably the last decade, people would say it was a relationship business, but that relationship wasn't an emotional relationship. That relationship was who was taking you to golf or who was taking you to dinner, right? And I think about this even in the most recent sales industry I worked in, which was the auto insurance industry. It was exactly that. And a fascinating thing is that, and I was more on the marketing side then, but the industry changed. They took all of those, you know, perks and such out. And I was left with, what do I do now? <laughs> right? That was my whole job. And so I am so passionate about sales being just relationships, right? It's, it's, we hear that no like and trust, no like and trust, but it's really true. And it's not, do they just know, like, and trust your product? Um, you know, I look at it, it's you as a, as a human. What is that connection, that, that full connection that you're having with people? And not just how are you servicing them? as a client, right? As a customer, how are you continuing to go back to them and make sure they're well taken care of with your business? But what is that relationship that you even form outside of the business environment? And I'm, I'm getting this pit in my stomach right now because I can imagine had I said that as a 20-something-year-old to one of my bosses who what sounds very similar to, you know, who you're speaking about enough so that I remember one day beginning to hyperventilate <laughs> in the <laughs> office because the message was so clearly not in alignment with me. And I can't even imagine what, what he would think, you know, hearing that. But it is, it's so much about the relationship that you form and making people just feel special and feel good. And whether that's as, you know, with my clients or, you know, as I said, I also have a team of, of 500 women. So I am constantly looking for ways to elevate them just as women, just as people, right? Not as a producer. I, I don't care on my team if you are just there because you love our products and you want to just share it with your mom, your sister, your best friend, or if you're on this team and you're building a career out of it, I want to pour into you and, and to show you love and gratitude for just being a part of our community. And, you know, I say community, and I think that's such a, I know you and I have talked about that, like the heart of community. People, as humans, we need community. Right. And, and we need to be around people that are like minded individuals and that lift us up and that elevate. And, you know, one of the ways that I've found to do that is actually bringing the work I'm doing out 
outside of my company to my team. So helping teach them about emotional intelligence. How can emotional intelligence help you in sales, right? How can it help you with your family? I'm teaching them meditation, yoga, taking care of themselves before they take care of business. All of these things that I've learned along my journey. And, And the amazing thing that has happened with that is all along, I thought, you got to be crunching. You got to be, you know, just work, work, work. And when you do it this way, as you said, the different way, we're actually as a team more productive, more focused, more efficient, and we're becoming more successful. And by successful, I don't just mean the dollars, the dollars are there, but we're successful in a holistic way, right? When we look at how our lives are structured and And, um, you know, many of the women I work with join our team because of the community, but also because they see it as a flexible option to be able to spend time with their family. And I want that for them, right? I want them to know that this doesn't have to consume their lives, right? No sales business or job should be all consuming. It's, It's a part of you. But getting back also to how I cultivate that on our team is I find out what makes people tick, right? For some people, they want recognition, right? They want their name on a a leaderboard showing what they did, right? And that's so interesting how you were saying about what you did in the past doesn't matter today because it's all building upon each other. It definitely matters, right? If If we don't give ourselves that time for celebration of success, we're not going to be motivated to go do it again. Right. We, we know that in turn, like the science of our brain shows us that's why we need to celebrate success. You know, for some people, it's sending them a gift card to Starbucks or whatever, you know, whatever speaks to them, filling their bucket and filling their cup and showing them that they are appreciated and loved because that's what's going to make people want to continue to be part of your team and part of your community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with all that. And and I love everything that you're, you're talking about. I mean, I think about how, you know, my day starts now with raw, with reawakening wisdom. And we, so we do our morning practice together and then we have 30 minutes of talking about what came up for us. And the thing about that is like, we're able to, as a community, as a group clear, what's happening in our lives so that we can get to doing the other things. So we're honoring what comes up. And it's like, yep. I think about that in a, you know, how different my life is now. I might've written morning pages before, um, before work when I worked in that setting, but I didn't have that clearing with other people now too. And that like that emotional intelligence piece of it is so fascinating to me because I think that we need to be able to examine what's coming up for us emotionally speaking and what's coming up in our community and our teammates yeah. and our family in order to be able to be functioning members of society. Um, yeah. And it takes practice and, and sometimes it's work. I mean, even this morning, the past couple of days have been very busy with lots of activity going on, which is 
awesome. It all means great things. But I found myself actually waking up this morning immediately thinking like the thoughts were coming in. Okay, you need to email this person, talk to that person, get back to that person. And it was that awareness. And I'm so grateful that I have that awareness now that I could take a deep breath and say, no, you'll get there. (laughs) You know, even if it means jotting it down, right? But then going and doing, and just like you're saying, my morning routine is like night and day to what it used to be. I used to get up and go. Even, even when I started my business before realizing, you know, all of these changes that I could make to make it healthier for myself and for others, because what good are we doing somebody else if we fire off an email before we've even like woken up our own energy and our own systems. (laughs) So, you know, this morning I had to, I really just wanted to dive into work because it's some some exciting stuff. But I knew that I had to, in order to be my best self, I had to do my yoga, do my exercise, my meditation, you know, things that then I can really approach it rather than just that um, firing something off or the being reactionary. you know, taking that time. So I can relate completely. And even sometimes because it hasn't been that long for me that this has been a different situation and, and um, you know, different practices. There are times when it is work. I have to remind myself, right. nope. And if, if I, if, and I know also if I don't do it in the morning, I'm not going to make time for it later. And so you just, you just got to do it. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to so sidebar us here for a second because there, I have had a busy couple mornings too. And it's rare that I do this, but I skipped my morning pages like two days in a row. So even though I'm holding raw, I would like bring us together for a ceremony, pull the card, light the candle, put everybody on mute. And then during the time that I'm supposed to be having this morning practice, I was writing copy for emails that needed to go out instead of doing my morning practice. So this morning, I, before raw, sat down, did my morning pages, requested my guides to show up in a couple areas. And then I still had a little bit more time. And so I, I recently got in the last four months, got a shamanic drum. And so I then after I made this little, you know, request to my guides. And then I was like, I'm going to in gratitude, preemptive gratitude, I'm going to do some drumming for my guides. And like, you know, I drummed for a good five minutes, just sharing that energy, receiving that energy. And, you know, my life is so different. Like when I think about that morning compared to like the cubicle, it's I used unbelievable, to- right? And the ideas that were born out of that vibration, then, um, you know, I have a really full day today, but all of the thoughts that came to me while I was taking that time to get my energy straight are going to be really advantageous for everything that's happening today. Yes. So, yes. And so that's the thing too, recognizing that it's not, and in all transparency, several years back, I would have said, that is such a waste of time, right? Like (laughs) if I wasn't go, go, going to the point where I, I thought any exercise other than like 
running or going fast on an elliptical. Like I look back even at the things like that, you know, they were a waste of time. It was making you slow. And then, you know, to think now it, it's not a waste of time because as I said, it makes you, it tunes you in better so that you can be more effective and efficient. And I can get more done. I mean, now, and thank goodness, I think about it now, thank goodness I had these practices in place before COVID hit. And I now have a husband who works in the basement and three children at home, right? And during the school year, summer, who knows what next year looks like, like to now know that I can get my workday done between 11 and three, and I'm probably getting just as much done as I used to between six and God knows when I would go to bed, you know, yes. because my mind was everywhere. And now I'm so focused in most of the time. Let's give ourselves some grace and honesty here. I appreciate your honesty and not doing your writing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is not every day. We get very scary also. But um, to be able to to know that now is such a blessing. Yeah. Such a blessing. I cannot imagine trying to function in that toxic way because, you know, I call it a toxic environment, but it really was a toxic way because I, I let myself be in that too. I allowed that. I allowed that to be my personality and my function in the world. <laughs> Enough so that my body had to rebel against it, right? And basically say, you better slow down. But I cannot imagine functioning like that and providing a peaceful home at the same time for the other humans that are here with yeah, me now. We are not meant to function that way. No, no. Well, Amy, you, so one of the things that I was super excited about after, after you came to the book club, um, I noticed in your email line, you had a link to a book that you had been a part of creating and it's the success formula. It's world's leading entrepreneur professionals revealing their secrets for health, wealth, and success today. And so, um, it, it's, got a first couple chapters by Jack Canfield. And then there are a number of other um, successful entrepreneurs like yourself, who each write a chapter about what, how they find success. And I loved your, I loved your chapter in this book. And you. you give us really five tangible takeaways where that we can look to if we're getting kind of off track, so to speak. But one yeah. of the first things that you say is you say along your road to success in life and in business, you are going to hit roadblocks and you will also experience failure. And amen, sister. <laughs> oh, but, you say, but you go on and you say, I know it's a bit harsh, but here's the amazing part. You have the power to make what you desire out of every single failure and bump in the road. Can we talk about how we came to that? Oh, gosh, through a lot of bumps in the road, <laughs> a lot of failure. So here's the thing, too. I've realized since since writing this that it's not just about my how I define success. I've realized it's actually about how I just live. 
I look at even as a child till now, right through this journey, I have always been told, you know, oh, you have rose colored glasses or you see the glass overflowing, like it's not even just half full. That's my feeling on life. Like we can screw up, (laughs) but how fun is that? Right. Imagine if we lived, imagine if our rule system here in this universe was if you fail, you're done. Like if you fail, we're taking you out. (laughs) I mean, none of us how some people treat every day. I mean, we wouldn't last past like learning to walk. Right. I mean, exactly, exactly. And so what a beauty, what a gift that we do get to learn to walk, right? And and this really became solid and clear to me through my training and classes in emotional intelligence, right? That we forget that we didn't know how to walk. Mm. We don't remember that this day and age, right? How many people remember learning to walk? Probably not many. <laughs> or learning to speak, learning to chew, like all of these things we had to learn whether it was a quick learning or whether it was falling down and getting back up, right? And whether it's falling down and getting back up as a child learning to walk or falling down and getting back up when you realize that that business you poured into actually isn't what you're, what you're meant to be doing or providing the world or whether it's falling down and getting back up because you were, you know, hit a huge goal and then, plateaued after that, whatever it is, we have conditioned ourselves over time. And this is a huge piece of that emotional intelligence. We've conditioned ourselves through the experiences we've had, the stories we've been a part of that all have created our journey. We create these stories in our mind, right? And this is where the passion for women comes from because I am a woman and I have lots of stories to tell myself. And while I have always been an optimist or a glass overflowing, I've definitely had a lot of moments where I wasn't sure I could get back up. Mm. And I've had to realize and to learn to remember. And again, this is all practice, right? It all takes practice. To remember, to realize that you either, you know, in everything you try, you either find success or you find a lesson. It's not failure. It's just a lesson to keep you going on whatever that next track is for you. And I think it's awesome, right? Because if we can learn to embrace failure and think of it as you know, as just moving forward. Isn't it so much easier then to, to be okay with it? Yeah. Yes. Um, failure is one of my favorite business lessons, one of my favorite life lessons. And, um, I talk about, I've talked about it a lot. I'm really open with the things that I feel like are true failures in my life. And oftentimes when I'm talking about them or putting them out there on the podcast or in blog posts, people are really quick to be like, but you didn't fail, you learned. And they're not mutually exclusive. They're the same thing. And so it's like, we have to retrain our brain to like, it's not, it's not that 
scary F word, you know, like it, right. it is failure. I mean, let's call it what it is right yeah. in our vocabulary. <laughs> it's just whether we choose to see it as your two options are succeed or fail or your two options. It, it's really, you know, this actually just, I had this thought that it's almost, it, it's very similar to um, one of the principles that Jack Canfield teaches that is a guiding principle for me which is E plus R equals O. And that is the event plus the response equals the outcome, right? So let's look at that with failure. Okay, if you're not succeeding, if you're going to call it failure, if you're going to call it stumbling, whatever you want to call it, that's the event, right? It's how you respond to that or react to that that's going to create the outcome. So whether you sit and wallow in it, whether you get really hard and down on yourself, or whether you sit and think, okay, so that didn't work. What can I do differently? Or how can I learn from this to go on? Absolutely. I I mean, all of that, I think, is so critical to even emotional intelligence, that piece of it, too, right? I mean... Being able to feel our feelings, maybe even wallow in them for a little bit so that we can understand yes. what's happening and then and then react from that place of understanding. Um, Absolutely. And that's such, I'm so glad you said that because that's such an important piece too. I don't want people to think that this means that you just always see everything happy-go-lucky, you know? I mean, people say like, is your life just unicorns and rainbows all the time? No. (laughs) But I make sure that whatever it is, you know, I I sit with that, whatever that is, I I let it soak in, like you said, kind of wallow in it. But it's then what you do with it, right? So there's lots of thunderstorms and lots of rain. But I will make sure that whatever my reaction is, can provide me the best opportunity mm-hmm. to make it turn into a rainbow, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I want to talk about some of, you've got five kind of principles in here. Can we talk about some of them? Absolutely. I'd love to. Can we talk Take about away. embracing the zigzag? <laughs> I had a feeling you might pull that one out. <laughs> Just from our few conversations, you've had some zigzags. Yeah, I'm wondering um, if you can talk about maybe what's your favorite personal zigzag and what was the biggest lesson you learned? Oh, my biggest personal zigzag. Can it be work related? It can be anything related. Okay. I'm trying because I'm trying to think of a personal one, but we're, I think it's funny to me because we're talking about business and sales and all of that. Um, a zigzag for me, well, I guess it's personal and work. A zigzag for me is when I was, wow, I'm realizing now as I'm telling you this, it actually is more of a personal. I was only thinking of it as a business or uh, career. When I was pregnant with my first son, now, as I said earlier, I'm always go, 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 right? When I was pregnant with him at 26 weeks, I was put on bed rest for preterm labor. And that meant I was 
not going to work where my work part came in. You know, I was in bed. I was at home. I had to find other ways to entertain myself, other things to do. And I just kept thinking like, this isn't me. This isn't me. And I had to find a way to realize that this was happening on purpose and for a purpose. And I recognize on the way far side of that, I did not even recognize it at the time of his birth, nor probably shortly after, was that he was going to need me to be at home with him. And had I not, I I never thought I would be a stay-at-home mom, Um, but I, I look at it and had I not been forced to physically leave that job and have that time with just me and this human growing inside of me, I probably would have not stayed home with him. I probably would have gone right back to work. But instead, I look at the different things that that has taught me over time. And it actually encouraged me to become an entrepreneur because I realized I didn't want to go back to that grind. I didn't want to go back to the doing it for somebody else, building somebody else's empire and business and all of the stress. And I, I realized I wanted flexibility and, you know, all of these different things. So that is not what immediately came to mind when you asked me my zigzag, but something brought it up. I mean, he's 15. So that's a long ago, that's a long ago uh, memory there. I'm really glad you shared that. Thank you. Um, One of the other things about your your chapter in this book that really struck me was the theme of staying the course. So mm. you stay state it in the beginning, but it, it's a theme in your chapter, I feel like. And I realized that in entrepreneurship, most every day I wonder, can I quit this? <laughs> <laughs> Not because, not because I don't love the work. I love the work. I feel very called and drawn to be here, but it is so hard. I mean, so hard. It is so hard. I mean, it it is not, it would not have, you know, when you map things out in life of like what, like the courses you want to take entrepreneurship was (laughs) never on my list ever. Me either. (laughs) And I think about it, I think about just how many failures I've had to have in order to learn, to start seeing success. And I mean, I'm not kidding when I say there isn't a day that goes by that I don't wonder about quitting, but I know that if I, if I quit, I'll never reap the benefits of what it actually takes to succeed. And so Mm. I just really appreciated that that theme was so strong in your chapter and thank you so thank you um because we all need that reminder and just because you want to quit doesn't mean you should or that deep down you really want to quit you know (laughs) deep down I don't want to actually quit but those thoughts come to me and it's about managing those thoughts it becomes about managing those thoughts right yes and I think a big Well, so let's also bring in the thought of here, we're talking about embrace the zigzag, right? There might be someone listening right now that's like, wait a second, 
you just told me to like take the zigzag. Now you're telling me to stay the course. course. Like, what if it does? I, I don't want to stay the course. Like, it's have it is. It's all in the mind, right? So that's where this notion of quieting the mind comes into it, and seeing what's in alignment with you, right? So it's different. Let's. Let's acknowledge this right now. It's very different, I'm sure, the feelings that you had when you were in that sales environment, right? Of, I want to quit this. I want to quit this. Is a different, I want to quit this than what you're feeling now. Right. And I can define right? what those differences are, right? Like the, the, in the sales job, it was, this is not me. This is not who I am. I feel like I'm disrespecting myself and answering to a master outside of myself doing this work. And the difference with the, I want to quit this in this work, it's just like, this is really effing hard. Does it have to be this hard? <laughs> I want to quit. It's not, I'm not in alignment. It's, it's a very oh gosh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And so it's figuring out, is this in alignment? with me. Um, and, and sometimes that's, you know, I, I'm very honest. I like making money. I love making money, right? I always said, I want to make an F ton of money. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Okay. But sometimes the process isn't in alignment, right? That sales job, lots of good money. I was going to put, I, I taught emotional intelligence courses on zoom for a while, a few years back. And I loved it, but it was draining to my energy because I physically was showing up each time. So a coach was telling me, oh, well, just, you know, that's the thing now. Just create a course and you sell it. Create a course and you sell it. I created, a, I started creating the course and I just had this, it didn't align with me. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not just selling something, right? And so there's an example right there of it didn't align with me. So I quit it. Yeah. Yes. But then staying the course is staying the course in the work that does align with me. Because, and, and the other part of that, you know, the, the chapter is stay the course, embrace the journey. And that goes back to that, you know, beginning thing we talked about of embrace it. Yes, you're staying the course. And I commend you so much for that. Like you could give up, but think about how much you've impacted just me, just my life, right? Of us meeting. And then all the people that you share your wisdom with and that you create space for, embrace that every day. Again, goosebumps, embrace that every day, right? When that fear or whatever it is that's in your mind that's speaking to you of saying, this is effing hard, <laughs> but it's worth it, right? And so staying that course and embracing it every single day. Yeah. Well, this is so, this book is so great and I love your piece in it. And um, I am curious, how did you get to be involved in writing this book? Uh, so I think a lot of it is, I, when people ask me, I, I truly feel I manifested it, to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> Um, I have followed the work of Jack Canfield for a long time. He, when he wrote the success principles, he was actually the keynote speaker at a convention I was at that year. And I was enamored, like within moments. 
Um, and for those who may not know who Jack Canfield is, he is most notably known for uh, being the co-creator and co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Um, he has since really turned a lot of his work into more of the, uh, you know, entrepreneur or success arena. Um, but a lot of it still talks about the personal work that goes behind that. So he is a big teacher of the law of attraction. He was um, featured on the part, of, he was a part of The Secret, the movie and the book. And so I followed him through all of that and have always, you know, felt that that aligned with me, the law of attraction. Somewhere along the way, I definitely lost it, <laughs> um, but have, you know, then found it again. And I went, what happened was two years ago, I went to his one day of greatness workshop. And I wasn't even sure I was going to go because the friend that was going with me could not come because we were supposed to get this horrendous snowstorm. Well, as would be in Washington, D.C., the horrendous snowstorm <laughs> was, you know, a little dusting. But I thought, you know what, even though she can't come, I'm going to go. I didn't want to go by myself. I had a lot of like, trepidation toward it, but I went and it was incredible. And it set me back in motion on really declaring and claiming what it was that I wanted. And that led me to working with a business coach. That business coach was a friend of one of Jack Canfield's associates, and she was coaching me that if I wanted to really be taken seriously as a speaker, I should consider writing a book. Mm. And we were having all these conversations, and I said, I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. So it's just not, it's not the right time. I, I don't have the bandwidth. And probably a couple days later, in between our sessions, and I'll be honest, I have a lot of unread emails. Email is not always the best way to reach me. And I saw this email from, you know, the Canfield group. And it said something about, you know, be part of best-selling book. I don't remember the exact title, but for some reason, the universe called me to open it. And I opened it. And from there, it was an interview process. You know, they want to make sure that you have a good story and that you're going to put out the work that you say you're going to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's just been such a great experience. It's been a great experience for me to get back into writing. It's something that I had lost along the way as an adult. And I love writing. Um, it's been a great experience for the people I've been able to meet you know, the co-authors that are part of the book. And it's been a great experience to bring me back to working with Jack and his organization and many of the other, you know, opportunities that they, that they offer. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. That's, it's awesome. I'm so glad that you got to do that. And I'm wondering if you have another book in you. I'm not sure. I, I, I do, it's just not being birthed yet, but I know I do. I know I do. It's, it's in me. Um, the crazy thing I'll share with you is, you know, how Facebook has like the memories that pop up. Mm -hmm. So it was nearly one year to the day from when I went to that one day of greatness to when the book came out. 
Whoa. Yeah. And it's been almost a year, not quite. I participated in something and Jack has started this new um, small group coaching sessions and I'm participating in that. So it's just been this, you know, and, and I wasn't realizing these things as I was going, right. But by staying the course and just embracing each of those zigzags and learning from failures and all of the things and sticking with my practices, I know I feel a hundred percent that I'm on the right path to whatever's next. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will certainly be linking to your book in the show notes, but I'm wondering what else would you like to share with listeners today? Oh, I think right now during this just crazy time that we're in in our country, (laughs) listen to yourself, give yourself grace and love every part of you from your head to your toes. This is an opportunity. I truly see it. I've been saying it since the first day of the word COVID came across (laughs) to me at least. Um, But I do believe this is here for a reason. And I think it's for all of us to have more time to spend on ourselves. Um, I think many people are, are hurt in whatever way, right? We're, We're hurting in whatever way, physically, emotionally, and just really to give yourself grace and to love yourself. I love that. Thank you for sharing it. And my last question for you is, how do you live a life of abundance? By attracting it. Mm. Amy, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I loved every minute. Amy and I would love to know what you thought of today's show. Head over to iTunes, fill in some stars, and please write us a review. It takes about five minutes and it means the world. A huge thank you to Ira Sterling of Julia Sound Recording for our theme music, and thank you to my editor, to Monty Johnson of FX Media for his work on today's episode. Remember, every one of us has wisdom within. Keep sharing your words of wisdom because you never know who you'll inspire.